Welcome to the Charles Thorngren Show by Legacy Precious Metals. Hello all and welcome to the Charles Thorngren Show. Glad to be back with you here. Um, we have some very interesting things going on in the world of the economy and the world of uh, the state of the U.S. economy. Um, and it plays out in many different areas, um, some obvious and some not so obvious. I was, uh, I was reading um, over uh, the long weekend about um, what's going on with the PGA. And it's interesting to have a merger happen. Some of you may know, you know, the LIV and, and the PGA are now merging together. Um, and it's more than what it seems, especially when the LIV Golf is a newer company. I mean, yes, they're backed by the Saudis. They're, they're backed by cash. They, they made a huge splash. But you typically don't see this kind of a merger when the startup is still so brand new. So that on just the premise of it all and, and, and the top looking down at it is very peculiar, you know, and this is kind of why I was kind of digging in a little bit and saying, what, what makes this merger happen now? And you may say, well, obviously Saudi money. Yes, but it's not like the PGA was hurting for money. So there's got to be more to it. Um, so looking at it, I mean, it's, it's a little shocking. Um, Shocking because the uh, the PGA Tour president's comments about LIV Golf, um, they were so negative, um, and they were just so recently, um, you know, talking about how this is a, a league owned by by Saudi and how the 9/11 uh, uh, attacks and and the relationship that happened there, whether there was. Uh, any influence from Saudi, etc. So you had all of this being said and being played out um, very publicly, I might add. Uh, and then suddenly the reversal of the course to say, okay, you know what? We're going to go ahead and merge with LIV. Did they take away too much business? I mean, that's possible. Um, it's interesting what you know, Jay Monahan is going to have to say an apology to LIV Golf now that they're partners, right? Are they going to come out and say, oh, you know what? We made some comments that, you know, now that we're we're partners and we're friends, we didn't really mean that. Um, so it, it's an interesting play. And I think when you look, it, it draws a lot of comparison to the current U.S. economy and, and the current way that we here in America expect things to come up to where we are no longer in a position of authority, which really brings a few things to light and, and it puts us in, in a position where we have to say, what's going on? Why are we kowtowing to another country? Um, we're America. Why should we be doing this? And, and it does bring a lot of questions, and a lot of it has to do with, you know, economical demands and, and, and the way that we manage our economy and the way, I should say, we mismanage our economy. This is what we see more and more of. As a nation that really took manufacturing away from Americans and American tradesmen and brought it overseas to make a couple extra bucks because it could be built cheaper there, these are some of the things you give up. When you 
allow your currency and you allow your economy to be ruled by strictly profit over the well-being of the nation, you allow these type of scenarios to happen. You allow a foreign country to have some say in what you do, what you believe, and how you react on the world scene. And we see this play out, especially with China right now. Um, they are interesting um, series of events, you know. Janet Yellen was just meeting uh, with uh, Chinese delegates, and, and they, they have pictures of her bowing. That offends some people, but this is what happens when you give that kind of power to China. And we're seeing this take place now. Saudi is not China, but Saudi is definitely partners with China. So now you have a country that may or may not um, have a direct role in the attacks on September 11th. I know what I believe, and I think everyone knows what they believe. And is it hardcore proven? No, but there are a lot of questions. We have given them the ability to be partners in our professional golf, which for us has always been a standard of sport for those who are not necessarily the hard attacking baseball, football players. This is more of what, you know, <clears throat> those of us in the business class and those of us who, who uh, maybe are a little older and have a certain mindset, this is our form of, of exercise. This is our form of entertainment. And we're kind of giving that away. So it, it really makes you wonder why this was allowed to happen. Where did we lose that kind of control? <clears throat> so, you know, let, let's just take a peek and say, okay, we as a, a oil-needing country, um, we need the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. We've had a partnership with them 80 years now, um, included trade. Um, we helped them develop their economy with collaborations. We were deeply involved in trying to de-escalate conflict in the area for a large period of time. I don't know how successful we've been with that over the last decade or two. Um, but in, in the past, we were, we were involved in the peace process and we accomplished great things. Um, that dependency on their oil created a scenario where we reduced drilling here in the United States. Uh, I know if we look at the last administration, we had oil production booming. We were actually beginning to export oil. A great thing to have that self-reliance. All turned around with, with one vote, with one election, day one, pipeline shut down, and here we are again. We, we know how that feels. We've paid for the gas, we've paid for the oil, we know how expensive it is. And yes, it's may have come down a, a few cents here and there. We're still much higher than we were a couple years ago. So we're back to this dependence on Saudi Arabia. We are back to the point where 7% of petroleum imports come from Saudi Arabia itself. The only places we import more oil is Canada and Mexico. And while 7% doesn't sound like a lot, it's actually quite a bit. They are our third largest oil provider. 
um, replacing that 7% would be extremely difficult. And we see that taking place now as this current administration looks for ways to reduce the price of oil because it's hurting people. It's hurting the U.S. economy. But it's too late. They've already created the problem that requires us to be dependent upon a nation that doesn't necessarily have our best interests in mind anymore. So that 7% would be very hard for us to replace. And you see us now talking to Venezuela to try to replace some of the oil that we need to increase oil, which is amazingly absurd. Everything we've said about Venezuela, dictatorship, how they treat their people bad, how, how we've put um, um, limits to the exports, how we've, we, we have gone on and done everything we can to make that country susceptible to that leader leaving. We've cut off funding. We've cut off economic and as well as humanitarian aid to that country. It's a country that's suffering. And now we're saying things are rough. Let's buy oil from them. It's the worst thing that we can do. We are guaranteeing that administration stays in office if we do that. But yet here we are because we find ourselves in a unique situation. You know, um, could we expand drilling here in the United States? Yes, we could. But the problem with that is it takes time. And we have an administration that hates oil. They want you an electric something or the other. Everything should be electric, which makes no sense when we look at the fact that our infrastructure cannot support electric everything. If every car went electric right now, we'd have no electricity for our houses. We'd be turning on old coal burning power plants would be the exact opposite of what this electric vehicle nonsense was meant to create. But that's a different topic. Saudi Arabia, they're such a strategic partner to us now because we need that oil and that 7% is so difficult to replace. They now have influence over us, which is exactly where we never wanted to be. We wanted to be the people who had the power in the relationship. And we once were but no more. So we look at this and say, okay, we're now dependent on Saudi Arabia. And we have been for a little bit, but the good news was they weren't trying to change our stance in world policy. Now they are because they have to. They are now doing what we never thought that they would do. They are aligning themselves with our adversaries. They're aligning themselves with China. They're aligning themselves with Russia. Uh, just earlier this year, they call they, they became what they call dialogue partners, okay? In, in the Shanghai Cooperative Organization, the SCL. This strengthens that relationship with China and Russia more so than it does with us. Right now, their relationship with China and Russia is stronger than any relationship we're going to have with them because we need them now. They don't need us. They can sell that oil someplace else. We are now stuck in a position where we are dependent on them. And because of that, we now have an issue where we have a nation 
who doesn't necessarily believe like us, has the ability to tell us how we should behave in the world political forum. That indentured to that oil is a horrible thing and it changes who we are as a nation. When the C, uh, the SCO was formed in, in 2001, um, the whole goal was for it to have political and economic cooperation between um, it, its members, India, Pakistan, Turkey, Iran, um, you know, now we have Saudi, um, Qatar, another nation in there, um, and China and Russia. It was a way for nations that kind of had um, a black mark against them in the world forums, uh, political forums, a way for them to develop ties and develop a better economic stance for themselves through an organization where it involved trade and it involved political ideas and just communication. So you have these nations now banding together. And part of what they're banding together on is the ability to reduce the role of the United States. The role that we have in the world, the role we have as peacekeeper, the, the role we have as the economic stabilizer of the markets and, and of the world market. And that's a problem because that leads us to this organization founding and, and stabilizing what we now call the BRIC nations, um, Brazil, Russia, uh, India, China. BRIC nations got together and said, we need more strength in determining world economic policy. What do I mean by that? We want to have a different currency other than the dollar. We want to take away one of the main strengths of the United States. We always have the military strength, as we see as we're going through wars and wars and wars. But the other is the economic strength, which has always been a better tool for us. When we throw sanctions on a nation, it hurts them. But it only hurts because we're saying you can't transact in our money. We're not going to allow you to do that. We're going to lock down your money. We're going to lock down your accounts because it's dealing in dollars. We're going to take away your ability to do that. And we did it with Russia. Did it change uh, the war? No, it didn't at all. In fact, it, it probably caused them to push even harder. Um, so uh, you, you look at this and you realize... You know, it's really important that this is not just golf. This isn't just about the PGA and the LIV. This is a thumbnail of what's going on in world economic policy, what's going on in world political policy. You're seeing this advent of the BRIC nations, in this case through Saudi, stepping in and replacing the standards that we've had, taking away our power to deal with nations that may be rogue, to bring them into a compliance to be a better neighbor through economic power. We're losing that. And this is why 
we still have a war going on in the Ukraine and Russia right now. We haven't done enough, but Russia has a partner. In fact, they have several partners. And you look at the BRIC nations, there are more and more countries wanting to join every day. The, the, the last count was 41 new nations want to become part of the BRIC alliance, which whole focus is to replace the dollar with a basket of other currencies. Will the renminbi be in part of it? Yes, it will. Um, you now have, uh, amazingly enough, and, and I think it was more words than anything, you have uh, Russia coming out and saying, we, the BRIC nations, with our new bank, are going to create a currency that's backed by gold. It's a big fear. Would it add stability to that currency? Yes, if they had enough gold. Um, does it mean you should buy gold? Absolutely. Um, but more important than that, I think it's more lip service because you have Russia in a unique position and they're trying to defend themselves and they're trying to cause other nations to kind of leave them alone so they can do what they want in Europe, you know, defend what they consider their nation and not have Ukraine in NATO. But it goes back to the power of making a statement saying, we're going to create a new currency and replace the dollar and we're going to back that new currency by gold. That is the standard. It's always been the gold standard. It's been currency since we've had nations. It's what most nations understand. In fact, you, you see that, you know, we've, we've had a little pullback in gold and, and that correlates directly to Turkey, central bank, liquidating 51 tons of gold. So you, you had gold pull back. Now that liquidation, it only left 27 tons to hit the market because the rest was absorbed immediately. Central banks are buying other than Turkey. So you look at this and say, okay, you, you have analysis from Saudi coming out and saying the traditional monogamy, monogamous relationship with the U.S. is now over. We have gone to a more open relationship, strong with the U.S., but equally strong with India, China, the U.K., France, and others. The others being Russia. When we created the petrodollar in 1972, we developed that strength with Saudi. And they are now saying, you're not our main partner. This is problematic. When you come out and say, we're going to be equally strong relationship with China, there's conflict. The United States and China have conflict, especially economically. So you can't, there's that old saying, you can't serve two masters. And here is that position that Saudi's now in. Which relationship is going to be more important to them? We do know that the United States and China have not been getting along. Um, and now you, you take what's happening in this administration and our relationship with Russia, um, amazingly strained. You have a focus on a Russian collusion story uh, for over four years now that we know, and it's been proven, it was straight conspiracy. It was not fact. Um, 
And it's counterproductive because you look at that, and now that it's proven untrue, you look at the relationship that President Trump had with Russia, and it was one of cooperation, politically as well as economically. Um, the relationship with Russia got very strong under President Trump. Now, under President Biden, I mean, he's made statements he wants to overthrow Putin. That's never the role of what our nation should be doing. The way we handle our business should be about American business. We could bring pressure. And in fact, I say that we could end the war immediately. It would be simple. Ukraine can't, Ukraine can't join NATO. It's a pact that we made years ago. That would end the war. We could come and bear more pressure on Russia. We can open up alliances and make this war stop so people quit dying in Europe. Because this will go on further. It will spread if it's not handled right. And we have an administration that is far from handling it right. Whether it's because of their relationship with the Ukraine and the money spent by the Ukraine to uh, President Biden's son. Um, these are all things that have to be looked at. So, so I know we started this conversation with golf, but it's important to realize it's not just golf. It's so much more. You have a scenario where one of our oldest allies in a very devastated region in the Middle East is now strained because of the way we've managed our relationships, but also our finances and our economy. This spend more than we have, this massive debt, this massive bullying, this massive getting involved in wars that don't involve us has played a role in a relationship that was once very strong. And by weakening that relationship, we now have that partner looking into two of our most unstable relationships, Russia and China. And you have to look at that and say, it's more than golf, right? The fact that golf has been sucked up into it, it's just our microchasm of what's going on in the United States right now. What's going on with our political relationships right now? What's going on with our economy right now? This is the problem. And when we look and see, you know, statements by Russia, we're going to come out with a gold-backed currency. That is done specifically to even weaken our current hold that we have in the world of economics, in the world of trading and currency. Now, let's look at that statement. They're going to have a new currency and it's going to be backed by gold and it's going to come out at the August summit. Yeah, it's not coming out in August. Will they try to do it? Absolutely. It makes sense for them. Will they be able to do it? Well, that's another question. Um, but we do know that the BRIC nations have wanted access to the world economy, to the world currency. And a gold-backed currency has not been beyond conversation with them. So, you know, we look at it and we say, it obviously can't be a one-for-one -one scenario where your new currency is worth equal amount of gold. They don't have enough gold for that, right? But it could be a position to where a portion of it is. And that would give other nations more reason to deal in a different currency. 
they would feel the security of some valuation of that currency being backed by gold. Definitely troubling times for us. I'm not even going to say I'm interested to see how it works out because I'm actually terrified of how it works out. A great opportunity if you're listening to us. Give us a call, Legacy Precious Metals. If you have questions, get your questions answered. Maybe it's time that you look at backing your own currency with gold. With everything that's going on, with, with the price of gold being down a little bit because of that massive sale, it's a very attractive time to do so. Give us a call here. Find out if it's right for you. You may not know it, but you can convert your IRA to precious metals as well. Give us a call and find out if it makes sense. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The Charles Thorngren Show by Legacy Precious Metals. Legacy Precious Metals helps investors protect their retirements and build wealth through investments in gold, silver, and precious metals. Whether you want metals shipped directly and discreetly to your house, or you want to roll your existing IRA into a gold-backed IRA, Legacy Precious Metals is the company you can trust. To speak to an expert, call 866-473-6204 or visit LegacyPMInvestments.com to download our free investing guide.